Good Tuesday morning. Breaking just moments ago, President Biden making it official. He is running for re-election. It is April 25th. This is today. President Biden using this new video to launch his 2024 campaign, touting his record and taking aim at Republican rivals. The stage now set for a potential rematch with Donald Trump, with voters raising concerns about both candidates. We'll have complete coverage as the road to the White House intensifies. Breaking overnight, hopeful news for thousands of Americans attempting to flee the war zone in Sudan. A ceasefire there now in effect. The city was complete mayhem when I left. There were power cuts, no running water, no access to cash. Just ahead, an inside look at the crisis and the scramble to safely evacuate more U.S. citizens. Off the air, two high-profile anchors suddenly dropped by their networks. Fox's Tucker Carlson and CNN's Don Lemon. What we're learning about their abrupt exits now changing the landscape of cable news. Storm alert, parts of the South bracing for severe weather, including possible tornadoes. And from the Midwest all the way to New England, a big springtime chill. Frost and freeze warnings in effect. Al's got your full forecast. All that plus in court. The man accused in the stabbing death of a high-profile tech CEO in San Francisco set to face a judge today. We'll have new details on the investigation. Today, Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good to see you. Happy you're here on a Tuesday morning. Savannah is on assignment. If you didn't hear exactly what that guy said at the end of the open, he said, I yelled at my job. Yeah. I was like, we got a rod. Right. So there's a lot of happy Jets fans Lots out there. Lots of happy yeah. Jets fans. We'll get to that story in just a few moments. We sure will. But let's get right to our top story. President Biden releasing a new video just a short time ago announcing he is officially running for reelection in 2024. It lists his accomplishments and highlights what he hopes he would do with the second term. Also heavily featured in that video, Vice President Kamala Harris. This marks the fourth time Mr. Biden has run for the nation's highest office. His first back in 1988. We mentioned yesterday our NBC News poll. It shows voters consider age to be a major factor in this race. If reelected, President Biden would be 82 years old at the start of another term. Also from that NBC News poll, the president's overall approval rating at the time of this morning's announcement stands at 41 percent. We've got complete coverage for you. We're going to start with NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker. Kristen, good morning. Hi, Hoda. Good morning to you. In that three-minute video, the president is casting 2024 as a fight to preserve America's personal freedoms and what he has long called a battle for the soul of America. The video is filled with images from January 6th to his GOP rivals and Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and it comes exactly four years to the day after he launched his first campaign. This morning, it's official. President Biden unveiling his re-election campaign with a new video. The president urging voters to help, quote, finish this job. In the video, which prominently features his vice president, Kamala Harris, Mr. Biden also making it clear he plans to carry out his attacks against so-called MAGA Republicans into the 2024 campaign, taking aim at the GOP over cutting taxes, voting, abortion, and LGBTQ rights. 
setting up for a fight with his top 2024 rival, former President Donald Trump, who currently leads the GOP field. But the president is facing a skeptical public. Our NBC News poll shows his approval rating is underwater, with many citing the 80-year-old president's age as a major reason why, something we asked him about following the midterm elections. How does that factor into your final decision about whether or not to run for re-election? It doesn't. What's your message to them? Watch me. Overnight, former President Trump accusing Mr. Biden of a calamitous and failed presidency. Our poll shows six in 10 Americans are opposed to Mr. Trump making another White House bid. Support for one of his potential rivals, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, slipping in recent months. DeSantis on a trade mission in Japan asked about that decline. I'm not I'm not a candidate, so we'll see if uh, if and when that changes. Now, look, the RNC is out with a statement as well today, calling Mr. Biden, quote, out of touch and accusing him of creating crisis after crisis. As for Mr. Biden's video, it's notable the vice president appears over 10 times, reflecting the prominent role she'll play in 2024 on issues like voting rights and abortion. Today, the president will focus on a key constituency when he speaks to union workers right here in Washington. Still, look, it's likely going to be several months before we see the president hit the trail and start to hold official campaign events. Craig. Kristen Walk, Kristen Welker from the White House there. Kristen, thank you. Let's uh, bring in NBC's senior Washington correspondent, Hallie Jackson. Now, Hallie, President Biden's approval rating, 41 percent. Yeah. Uh, he'll be 82 years old if he is reelected. Let's talk about the hurdles and the challenges that the president faces as he launches this reelection bid officially. You've hit on both of the big ones, Craig, starting with how old he is, frankly, his age. Nearly half of people tell us in our latest poll that that is a major reason to oppose President Biden running. Only about a third say that it's not a problem. And listen, Democrats that I talk to acknowledge, yes, this is going to be a question that the president will have to face. Conservatives are making it an issue. They have been. But the Biden team will try to make his age kind of an asset, right? Talking about his experience. He is a steady hand right now. You saw the video video announcement this morning. I think it was a very energetic and vigorous Joe Biden that was sort of intentionally shown in that reelect rollout here. The other issue that the president faces is this kind of meh attitude from Democrats here. 70 percent of all Americans, including 51 percent of Democrats, so more than half of Democrats say they just don't want to see him run again. Most of those Democrats, however, say they would probably vote for him anyway in the end, which is, you know, what's going to matter here 16 months from now, Craig? Let's talk about the national mood today, Hallie, versus versus four years ago. How, how much does that change the president's reelection strategy or, or does it change it at all? Well, it's a good question because you look at the national mood. October of 2020, right, so a month before the, le- the last election, about 19 percent of people said they felt satisfied with how things were going. Look at where we are this past month. 19 percent of people say they feel satisfied with how the country is going. Not much has changed in the national mood on the political landscape. Listen, the pandemic was a much bigger issue then, less so now. Abortion access is a bigger issue now after the overturning of Roe versus Wade. But bottom line, um, you, you are seeing President Biden 
rerun some of his 2020, frankly, successful pitch, the battle for the soul of the nation. You are seeing Republicans rerun, frankly, the same candidate, right? Donald Trump, who is the front runner right now in the Republican race and has united the GOP around him at this moment. It is 2020 vibes, Craig. I mean, that's what it is, whether people like it or not. And people kind of don't. Only 5% of Americans say they actually want to see a Joe Biden, Donald Trump rematch. We'll see what happens in a year. But right now, those are the two front runners uh, in each party. It does feel like we've been here before. Our senior Washington correspondent, Hallie Jackson. Hallie, thank you. Also breaking overnight, a temporary ceasefire taking effect in war-torn Sudan, giving hopes to thousands of Americans trapped in that deadly fighting and looking for a way out. NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, joins us now with the very latest. Hey, Richard, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. We are already in the first day, only the first day of this three-day ceasefire, but already the ceasefire is showing signs of strains. One of the two warring parties, the Rapid Support Forces, accused the other party, the Army, of using aircraft to bomb the capital Khartoum. But the Rapid Support Forces say they nonetheless will abide by this ceasefire. So on day one, it is still mostly holding for now. The race is on this morning to evacuate foreigners, including more than 16,000 Americans from Sudan, in case the shaky 72-hour ceasefire between two warring generals breaks down. While European nations have taken out hundreds of their nationals and some Americans on cargo planes, the best way out for large numbers is by road. Long drives to Egypt, Ethiopia, or increasingly Port Sudan on the Red Sea coast. While the United States is not running convoys and has no plans for a mass rescue, the administration says it is providing information about routes and watching them from above with drones. Some of the convoys that have tried to move uh, people out, including all the way to Port Sudan, but also to places closer into Khartoum, some of them have encountered um, problems, um, including uh, robbery, uh, looting, that kind of thing. The United States has also positioned a warship off the Sudanese coast near Port Sudan in case a military evacuation is ordered or to provide medical care. Another ship is on the way. But getting out is not a simple drive. Shortages of gas, food and price gouging mean people have to improvise. Lakshmi Parthasarathi, an American travel writer who yesterday was stranded in Khartoum, this morning has moved out of the capital for safety. She's keeping a video diary for us. I am sitting here in a school that's been turned into a little refugee camp. Yesterday, I fled Khartoum, hitchhiked south. The city was complete mayhem when I left. There were power cuts, no running water, no access to cash, so I left with only $20. Foreigners are leaving Sudan, or trying to. But many Sudanese worry the fighting will get worse once most are gone and the world's attention, as it has before, turns away. The United States and other nations are closely monitoring this ceasefire, and there have already been several ceasefires in this conflict so far, which is only entering its second week, and they've all broken down. So we'll see how this one does. Yeah, we're glad to see that Lakshmi made her way out of Khartoum. Uh, Richard, thanks for that update. We appreciate it. And now to some stunning announcements sending shockwaves through the media world this morning. Two high-profile anchors out at major cable networks. Tucker Carlson out at Fox News, Don Lemon out at CNN. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is here with details on both of those. Steph, good morning to you. 
Hey, good morning, Craig. It was a rough Monday for cable news, both Carlson and Lemon's exit seemingly abrupt, with Carlson's departure coming less than a week after Fox's settlement with Dominion Voting Systems. And we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, Tucker Carlson signed off Friday on what we now know was his last show on Fox News. The network announcing it is severing ties with its most popular host without explanation in a statement Monday. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. Carlson anchored the network's highly rated 8 p.m. hour, the top 3 million viewers on an average night. During last night's show, the network acknowledging Carlson's exit. I wish Tucker the best. I'm great friends with Tucker and always will be. Carlson's departure comes less than a week after Fox News paid Dominion Voting Systems a $787.5 million settlement in a defamation lawsuit. Private texts and emails from Carlson emerged during the lawsuit, including messages from the star anchor criticizing Fox executives, disparaging former President Donald Trump, and expressing doubts about some on-air claims about Dominion that were made on Fox. Neither the network nor Carlson have revealed why he is leaving. The popular host is also being sued by former Fox producer Abby Grossberg, who accuses both Carlson and Fox News of creating a hostile work environment, speaking exclusively to NBC News. I reached a breaking point where the harassment was so bad that I called a crisis line. In a statement, the network called the claims unmeritorious and riddled with false allegations. In an equally shocking announcement Monday. Don Lemon and CNN have parted ways. The news coming out after Lemon's Monday morning show. So good morning, everyone. Welcome in. CEO Chris Licht thanked Lemon, sending this memo to his employees. Don will forever be a part of the CNN family. Lemon took to Twitter with his reaction, saying he was stunned at the termination, writing in part, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. CNN denies the claim that management didn't offer him an opportunity for a meeting. Lemon's departure just two months after his controversial comments about women, specifically presidential candidate and former U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is in her prime, sorry, when a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and Maybe 40. This morning, Lemon's former co-anchors reacting to the news. Don was a big part of this show. We wish him the best. NBC News parent company NBC Universal also dealing with a sudden exit. CEO Jeff Schell leaving his role after a company investigation into allegations of inappropriate conduct. In a statement, Schell writing, I had an inappropriate relationship with a woman in the company, which I deeply regret. I'm truly sorry. A lawyer for CNBC anchor Hadley Gamble says the investigation into Mr. Shell arose from a complaint by my client of sexual harassment and sex discrimination. Shell and Comcast have not commented on those allegations. This morning, the media landscape is shaken. Three influential voices are gone. CNN has not shared the reason for letting Don Lemon go. We've reached out to both Lemon and Tucker Carlson for comment, but have not heard back, guys. So let's let's go back to Tucker Carlson for a moment, yeah. Steph. In your report there, you indicated we don't know precisely why he was let go at Fox. Do we know yeah. who was responsible? Well, we have some insight. Multiple reports citing people familiar with the situation say that Lachlan Murdoch, who is the executive of Fox Corporation and obviously the son of Rupert sure. Murdoch, along with Suzanne Scott, who runs Fox News, that they made the decision on Friday. And according to The Wall Street Journal, Tucker Carlson was told 
10 minutes before the announcement was, na- was made. NBC News has not independently confirmed those details. All right. All right. Stephanie does. Right. Stephanie. Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah. Millions of Americans waking up to wild weather, the threat of storms, once again, a blast of unseasonable cold as well. Uh, Mr. Roker standing mm. by with that first check of the forecast. Yeah. yeah, guys, as we look at the radar, good morning, everybody, to you as we get started. You can see some snow developing right now out through the Rockies, and this is part of a system that's going to intensify over the Rockies, uh, but we're, we're really wild. Watching some heavy rain from eastern Colorado into the southern plains. We've got a slight risk of severe weather from Austin to Abilene. Wind gusts, but hail going to be the big problem and a few tornadoes possible. Now we move on into tomorrow. That heavy rain axis shifts to the east. Flood risks for Dallas, for Memphis, for Oklahoma City. We have an enhanced risk of severe weather from just north of Austin to Dallas, Texas. Hail is going to be the big problem and a few tornadoes. And in fact, we're looking at a risk of two inches or more for hail. And in fact, April is the month, the most, the month that they see the most hail in Texas. So we're going to be watching that Thursday. The low pressure slides across the south. A heavy rain possible. Marginal risk of severe weather for uh, New Orleans, Panama City, Montgomery, and Jackson. Rainfall amounts anywhere from three to five inches of rain from Waco all the way up to Wichita. And snowfall amounts at 12 to 24 inches above 8,000 feet in the Rockies. We got a lot going on over the next 48 hours. And that's your latest weather, guys. Thank Thank you. you. Still ahead here. Uh, We could learn more about the murder of tech executive Bob Lee today with the suspect set to appear in court. Miguel Amalgir has been following this story for us. Miguel, good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. When that suspect's in court, prosecutors are expected to argue why he shouldn't be released on bail. The judge could also hear more evidence on why he's a potential flight risk after the murder of the tech titan. We'll have details ahead. Plus, uh, remember last year's spotted lantern fly invasion? You remember those? Mm-hmm. They're back. The oh, insects no. are back. They're starting to hatch. Oh. So what are we supposed to do? Do you remember what they told us to do last Stomp year? Them. Yes. We'll take a closer look. Is that first? Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. This is today on NBC. He's right. Drop the hammer, Stop baby. Them. Yeah. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Just soak it in. Soak it in. We're back. That's Al. Way back in the Cleveland days. Getting a big exclusive (laughs) with the penguins at the Metro Park Zoo. Why would we be showing you this? Well, it just so happens that it is World Penguin Day. And we have a pair of African penguins on their way here to Studio 1A. What year was that? We welcome uh, Chanel and Al. Hi, Chanel. I feel like your outfit holds it. Was, uh, no, that, there isn't What's one natural fiber in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> there's an open flame. I was going up. Uh, that was 1979 when I worked for WKYC in Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland. Uh, and that was uh, the Cleveland Metro Park Zoo, which is a fantastic zoo. Look at you. So, Look at you, Al. And you I picked had, a great day to come by. That's yeah. World Penguin Day. That's yeah. right. I had an afro back then. Martha Stewart's got some chickens. Oh, wow. Penguins it's going to be a foul day. Be a good, a good show. Going on. All we'll right. get to that in just a moment. But let's start this half hour with a high-profile case in San Francisco we've been following. The fatal stabbing of tech executive Bob Lee. The man accused in the killing is scheduled to appear in court later today. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer joins us now with that story. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. The suspect, Nima Momeni, is facing up to life in prison if convicted. In just a few hours in court, his lawyers are expected to argue why the tech entrepreneur should be released on bond. And if that happens, prosecutors could lay out even more of their case. 
Prosecutors say the moments before, during, and after the murder of Bob Lee were recorded on surveillance cameras and helped detectives track down their suspect. According to court documents, the tech titan's relationship with this woman, Kazar Momeni, may have been the reason her brother, Nima Momeni, killed the 43-year-old. Is Mr. Lee's relationship with the suspect's sister a major part of this case? His relationship with the suspect's sister is certainly um, the connection, it appears, between the two. And so that is something that's very important to this investigation. Denied bail earlier this month, the court documents allege Momeni may have been upset with Lee the night of the murder. A witness telling police he was questioning Lee regarding whether his sister was doing drugs or anything inappropriate. Investigators say both men were recorded leaving Kazar Momeni's luxury apartment in the suspect's BMW around 2 a.m., soon after arriving at a dark and secluded area where investigators say the victim was stabbed three times with a kitchen knife. One of the victim's stab wounds directly penetrated his heart, authorities calling it a planned and deliberate attack. There is evidence regarding motive uh, that has been located in this case, but certainly um, we have to make sure that we look at every avenue. This video obtained by the DailyMail.com shows Lee staggering away after the attack. Police later found a text message from Kazar Momeni on Lee's phone. Just wanted to make sure you're doing okay, because I know Nima came way down hard on you. And thank you for being such a classy man, handling it with class. Love you. Kazar Momeni appearing at her brother's first court hearing with her husband, a prominent plastic surgeon. This morning, a growing trail of evidence that investigators say leads to their murder suspect. I know police are starting to put this puzzle together, but what do we know at this point, Miguel, about the suspect's past? Well, we're learning that Nima Momeni was accused of physically attacking a woman last year, according to police records obtained by the San Francisco Chronicle, but not yet seen by NBC News. She alleges he grabbed her arm and waist and pushed her against a counter. The Chronicle reported he was cited by police on suspicion of misdemeanor battery, but was ultimately never charged. Momeni denied the allegations to officers, and his attorney called it a non-event. Hoda. All right, Miguel Almaguero for us there in Los Angeles. Miguel, thanks. All right, coming up Simple things you can do to increase the value of your home in this volatile real estate market. Vicki Wynn will give us a firsthand lesson in staging on a budget. But first, we got Emily Aketa in Central Park. She's on the hunt for the dreaded spotted lantern fly with oh, the dog. <laughs> That's right, and I'm getting a little help this morning from Nan's best friend. Coming up, I'll tell you how dogs are lending a paw in the fight to stop the spread of lantern flies. Back now, 738 with In-Depth Today. This morning, a big bug that poses an even bigger threat. The spotted lanternfly, an invasive species that spread to more than a dozen states in recent years, has the ability to cause millions, even billions of dollars in damage. And NBC's Emily Akata, she made her way to Central Park for us with everything we need to know. Emily, good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Well, already we're hearing reports that eggs of spotted lanternflies are hatching at this point in the season. Now, fortunately, they are not harmful to people and pets, but experts do point out that they pose a threat to things like various trees, orchards, even crops like grapes. And as researchers are looking into ways to contain spotted lanternflies, some are turning to man's best friend to help stop the spread at the source. 
From the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast to part of the Midwest, efforts are underway to identify and eliminate an increasingly invasive insect. Known as one of nature's best hitchhikers, the spotted lanternfly can't actually soar. But since first arriving in the U.S. from China in 2014, this bug has managed to hop to more than a dozen states. This is our biggest new invasive species right now. We've- University of Maryland professor Mike Raup, known better as the bug guy, says lanternflies are sucking insects that drain plants of their nutrients. They also excrete a gooey liquid known as honeydew that can lead to mold growth and in some cases attract other insects like ants, wasps, and bees. Nests can be harder to spot, often looking like mud. Adult lanternflies, more common starting in late summer and fall, are easily identifiable, growing to about the size of a wine cork. It really is uh, a nuisance, but in addition to this, it poses a major threat for our grape growers where it's already caused tens of millions of dollars of damage. It's because of that, experts say, it's crucial to contain and curb lanternfly populations and prevent them from traveling even further west where they could do serious damage to West Coast wineries. Spotted lanternflies have few predators and while chemical treatments can be effective, researchers say early detection is critical. Teams at Virginia Tech and Texas Tech deploying a more natural approach, hoping dogs could lend a paw and, more importantly, their nose to the effort. We think what the dog and candler teams might be really useful for is preventing further spread so that they could go through and check a winery, check the vineyards, and make sure that it's there are no egg masses. The researchers are teaching the dogs to sniff out and identify lanternfly nests before they hatch. Sally Dickinson's eight-year-old border collie, Flint, is part of the project. It's saving my community. It's protecting us against invasive species without having to use large amounts of pesticides, which we know are not great for the environment. And the dog is also getting out there and enjoying doing something that it loves to do too. So all in all, it's just a wonderful activity. So researchers say a lot of people assume you have to have a German Shepherd or Bloodhound to do that kind of work, but they say that is not the case. You can train any kind of dog. Meanwhile, guys, this is egg-laying season, so you can put any kind of card or ruler into practice like this, and you scrape off the egg masses from the trees into a bag with hand sanitizer to kill them. Also, I'll leave you with two simple rules. See the spotted lantern fly and squash it. Seeing squash. Seeing squash. Seeing squash. I remember that. Stay with us all day. Smile and wave. Seeing squash. Thank you. Pepper could be trained. That's right. You finally started to earn a keep. What you got, Al? Well, you know what we've got? we got some flooding to talk about. Wabasha, Minnesota. This is the headwaters of the Mississippi River. And we're starting to see this slow motion catastrophe of flooding that's going to get started. And let's take a look at why. Well, Here's the deal. We have had a lot of snow still hanging around. The melting snowpack, six to 18 inches of snow remains in the Mississippi headwaters up in Minnesota. They've had 150 to 200 percent of their snowfall this year. And so what that's causing is major flooding that's cresting from north to south through the week from Minneapolis, La Crosse, Davenport, down to Quincy. So we're going to be watching that. Some of these flood levels could be the highest since 2001. And this morning, we've got a lot of folks 
folks under frost and freeze advisories, 43 million people. A spring chill for today. Temperatures from Rapid City to Cincinnati, all below average. That continues tomorrow from Philly to Milwaukee. And even as we get into the weekend, temperatures stay chilly for Buffalo, Boston, Washington, Cincinnati. But if you want warmth, head out west, the northwest. Seattle will see temperatures in the mid-70s, 90s in Medford, mid-90s in Reading, Sacramento will see temperatures in the low 90s. And that's your latest weather. All right, Al, thank you. Kaylee Hartung covering that blockbuster deal in the NFL. Hey, guys, that's right. It's draft week, and Jets fans are cheering before the commissioner even steps on the stage. After months of speculation and, well, a half century of disappointment for Gang Green, they have got their guy. Coming up, we'll tell you all about Aaron Rodgers' big move from Green Bay to New York. Stay with us. And welcome back as we welcome Carson Carson. Davis. Good morning, everybody. We're we're talking about one of the biggest names in football. Yeah, for sure. After weeks of speculation, Aaron Rodgers, the longtime quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and a four-time league MVP, is officially heading to the New York Jets. NBC's Kaylee Hartung joins us with more. Kaylee, it was not a big surprise yesterday, the news, but it was, needless to say, big news. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those moments where everybody says, Finally. I mean, this has been the most talked about trade of the offseason, and now this blockbuster deal is done just days ahead of the NFL draft. Aaron Rodgers has spent his entire career in Green Bay and won a Super Bowl there, but relations had soured in the past few years between them. Now the Packers mark the end of an era as Rodgers' next chapter is just beginning. After months of speculation, NFL superstar Aaron Rodgers will be suiting up in a different shade of green. It's about time that we uh, uh, have a good quarterback. After 18 seasons at the helm of the Green Bay Packers, the four-time league MVP traded to the New York Jets. I yelled at my job. I was like, we got A-Rod. Rodgers getting his wish more than a month after revealing he wanted to play for the Jets in 2023. I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rogers saying he'd arrived at that decision following his highly publicized darkness retreat in February, where he contemplated giving up football entirely. I went in the darkness, 90% retiring, 10% playing. That's where my my mind was. My mind was, I'm I'm tired of this. I thought that that was what was best for me. After several seasons and off-seasons of drama, a fresh start for Rodgers and the Packers could benefit both sides. On the field, Rodgers is considered one of the best quarterbacks ever. He ranks in the top 10 in passing yards and touchdowns in league history. But he's made plenty of headlines off the field, too. Rogers' love life has gotten the tabloid treatment after a string of high-profile relationships. And in 2021, after testing positive for COVID-19, Rogers revealed he wasn't vaccinated, despite saying this months earlier. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. He later apologized for misleading the public. In recent years, Rogers has credited the plant-based psychedelic ayahuasca for its impact on his life, telling NBC Sports' Peter King in 2022, I've had some negative voices, negative self-talk for a long time. A lot of healing went on. Now, in the country's biggest media market, a fan base starving for success has a proven winner. And guys, another thing worth mentioning, Roger spent the first three seasons of his NFL career backing up Hall of Famer Brett Favre in Green Bay, 
before Favre was also traded to the Jets. Now waiting in the wings for the Packers is 24-year-old Jordan Love. Whether or not he turns into the next Packer legend remains to be seen, but the Packers are no doubt hoping they already have their next star. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Kaylee, thanks so much for that. How y'all feeling about yeah, it? I mean, you've got a lot of long-suffering sports franchises in this country. Yeah. Good luck finding one uh, worse off than the Jets. Yeah. Wow. They, they How do you need, feel? They, they need <laughs> They're excited. Yeah. Well, it looks a lot like what the Rams did recently when they got Matthew Stafford. They're going to make a real run for a Super Bowl with this news, and it had to happen before the draft started. That's right. Well, what Let's about see. your Raiders? We don't have enough time. What is <laughs> we are working on a packed pop star, guys, including the stars of Yellowstone, like you've oh, never seen oh, them before, all cleaned up. That's all coming up. Cleaned up. up. Uh,